premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Ruciello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey there, folks. This is Joe Ruciello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And we are broadcasting live from the Asylum Studios here in the bowels of Southwest Texas, the beautiful city of Eagle Pass. Thank you for being with us for our Sermon Sunday broadcast. Now, you know, folks, I hope that you made it to church this morning. And I hope that your pastor preached a red-hot message directly from the Word of God. I pray that when you left church today, you left with a fresh new love for the Lord Jesus Christ and His precious book. I also pray that you left with a burning desire to see see the lost and the dying of this world get saved. Now, folks, we got a little bit of a late start tonight, and I say a little bit by a stretch, and we're about um, three hours uh, delayed from our usual 3 o'clock start time. Uh, But that's okay, because tonight on our Sermon Sunday broadcast, we're going to open up to Mark chapter 8. And when we get over there, we're going to examine a very small and a very simple story uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ healing a blind man and what the practical application of that is for us today. Now, before we get into our message, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, head over to our contact section, and why don't you send us over a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, don't forget to send over those prayer requests. We really look forward to getting the prayer requests, folks. Uh, I really do enjoy taking the time to uh, pray over your particular needs uh, in my private time with the Lord, and then, of course, to bring it before the Sword of the Spirit podcast family uh, with your consent, of course. Now, um, if you don't like to use the web form that's on the website, and that's fine. Uh, you could always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, also, while you're on the website, if you would, would you please look for that Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. If you can't do a monthly recurring contribution, which I know there's a lot of folks who can't, 
Uh, you could also do a one-time contribution if you're able, and you could do that by clicking on the Waygiver button, or you could scan the Cash App QR code, which is on the website as well. Uh, but folks, what I want you to do is to pray about it first, and if the Lord leads you to do it, and if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, of course, first and foremost, before we go any further with the show, I always want to take a few minutes here just to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for a number of things. Now, we could sit here for hours and hours and hours, and I can praise the Lord, and I can thank the Lord. Uh, you know, just like the song says, you know, count your blessings, name them one by one. Well, if uh, if I did that, I, in truth, would be sitting here for, for years, uh, just ticking off the one blessing after another blessing after another blessing after another blessing. But uh, the, the, the number one thing that I want to thank the Lord for is for saving me 23 years ago this coming July. Next month will be 23 years that I've been saved, 23 years that I've been a blood-bought, born-again, Bible-believing Christian. And uh, it's, it's a tremendous, tremendous gift that the Lord wrought for me on the cross of Calvary. And not just for me, but for the entire world. And that includes you. That includes you. Uh, there is absolutely no reason why you should go to hell. None whatsoever. Especially when the Lord made it so simple, so simple to get to heaven. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, the Bible says. So your baptism is not going to save you. Your uh, going to confession is not going to save you. Uh, uh, giving money to the poor, feeding the poor, clothing the homeless, uh, providing shelter. Uh, none of that saves you. No good work that you do will save you. Praying to the saints will not save you. Praying to Mary will not save you. Um, uh, uh, going to church will not save you. Uh, there's nothing that you can do to earn enough favor with God that he would allow you into heaven. The only way you get into heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ, by putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the perfect shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 20, verse 28 tells us that the blood that the Lord Jesus spilled on the cross of Calvary was God's blood. And why was it God's blood? Because the Lord Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. That's what the Bible teaches, and that's what we believe, and that's what we preach. We preach the gospel message, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all you need to do Folks, all you need to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, thou, that's you, shalt be saved. Not maybe. Thou shalt be saved. So there's absolutely no reason, none whatsoever, that you have to go to hell. You go to hell because that's what you decide to do. It has nothing to do with God. God doesn't determine it for you. God wants all men to be saved. Again, that's what the Bible says. So what are you holding on to in this world? There is nothing in this world worth holding on to, friends. Nothing. Nothing. The Bible says it's all going to burn up someday. And that someday is going to be very soon. So what are you holding on to? I'm waiting. There is nothing. So, folks, get saved and get saved today. 
do it now. Just tell the Lord. Just tell him, Lord, I am a rotten, dirty, filthy sinner, and I deserve nothing but hell, but thank you so much for dying on the cross of Calvary for me. Thank you for spilling your perfect and precious blood for me. I accept that gift of salvation. I accept that free gift of salvation, and I pray that you would save me today. And that's all you need to do. That's it. It's put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood and the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. And then the Bible says you'll be saved. That's all there is to it. All right. Uh, I also want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me this ministry, for giving me this opportunity to sit here behind this microphone every week, open up the Word of God, and, uh, you know, like, uh, like I always say about what a Bible study is, uh, it's just pooling our ignorance together. And uh, it's a real blessing and a privilege for me to be able to do this. And I thank you so very much for taking your time out of your busy day, whether you're listening to it live or whether you're listening to it as the podcast version, which comes out later. Uh, no matter how you're doing it, thank you so very much for taking your time to do it. Now, I also want to say thank you to all of you who, who uh, support us prayerfully. Thank you so much for your prayers, and God bless you for them. Please continue to pray for this ministry. Please continue to pray for my family. And also, please continue to pray for myself as well uh, as we move forward with the Sword of the Spirit podcast. I also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. God bless you for your financial support. And, um, you know, when I tell you that your support goes a long way, it truly, truly does. Uh, I do not pocket a penny that comes in. Everything that comes in through your contributions goes right out. All goes out to paying our platform fees, paying for the website, paying for everything that's connected with this podcast. And so uh, if it wasn't for your generosity, it would be very difficult for us to, to keep moving at the pace that we're moving. So thank you so very much. I really do appreciate it, and God will bless you for it. I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners. God bless you. God bless you for all your faithfulness and the plays and the downloads of the shows. Uh, because of, of what you do, uh, you have us uh, pretty, pretty high up in the search algorithms on, on the uh, search engine, so folks that are looking for a Bible study podcast like ours will find it. And uh, that way we can get the gospel message out to even more people. So thank you so very much for it. Thank you also for uh, keeping us in the number one position on five charts on the Good Pods platform. I also want to say thank you to all of the uh, new listeners who have signed up uh, on the Good Pods platform uh, and have subscribed to the show and have followed me on there. If, uh, if you do have a Good Pods account and you want to uh, look for for me personally on there, you could find me at the SOTS podcast. And uh, I look forward to uh, interacting with you on there. Uh, now, folks, no matter where you're listening to this, po- this podcast, whether it's on uh, the live broadcast on our website or it's on Spreaker or if it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, wherever it is that you're listening, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way, you help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And also, if you're on a platform that allows you to give us a five-star review, uh, I would appreciate it if you did that, if you feel like we deserve it. So, And I know you can do it on Good Pods. I know you can do it on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Not sure where else, but if you can... 
and uh, you feel like we deserve that, please hit that five-star review and uh, write a little note to us. Let us know. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a great way to interact with us, and we really do appreciate it. All right, folks, uh, how about we get to some announcements? just want to remind everybody that we have our Thursday night Bible study every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we have been going through the book of Revelation for the last 15 or 16 weeks now. And uh, it's been a real challenge. It's been a real blessing. And uh, we've had some really interesting studies. And the last couple of studies we've had, we've uh, kind of ventured off into the twilight zone a little bit. And uh, it, it's been a real challenge and a blessing, and I, and I hope you guys have been challenged by it. And uh, I hope, you, hope you're getting something out of it and hope you're learning. Uh, it's really not a difficult book to understand. It's really not. Um, the difficult part of the book of Revelation is believing it. And, uh, and I hope that as we're going through this, that not only are you having an easier time understanding, not only are you having an easier time believing it, but if you are... If you're, under, if you're going through the study with us and you haven't come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I really hope that if it didn't happen already, that these studies will scare the, literally scare the hell out of you and uh, you would seek the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior. So uh, that's Thursday night every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can find us on our, on our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. We have a nice little player on our homepage, and you can just listen in right there. Plus, you'll get all the archived shows as well. Uh, and, or you can go over to the Spreaker platform, and uh, you can find us there at the Sword of the, Sp- of the Spirit podcast. And uh, you could follow us and subscribe to us. You'll get email notifications when the show is about to go live. Also, I want to remind you of our Sermon Sunday broadcast, which is normally at 3 p.m. Central Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And I actually have an announcement that I'm going to make about that uh, in just a minute uh, once we get through the usuals. Um, so that's 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, again, you could find it on SwordOfTheSpiritPodcast.com or you could find us on Spreaker for the live broadcast. And of course, on all of your major podcasting platforms shortly after the live broadcast concludes. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you pay us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information on First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, why don't you just head over to the church's Facebook page. To find it, just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And once you get there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information Uh, And also, you'll find episodes of this podcast. And of course, we always want to say thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church and, of course, our pastor, John Monk, who's not only my pastor but my friend, 
for all of his encouragement, uh, for all of his support, and for allowing us to post the show on the church's Facebook page. Now, if you've been following us for any lengthy period of time, you know that we don't have our own Facebook page. Uh, We don't want one, and we don't really need one either. So uh, so that's why we're thankful to the church for allowing us to use theirs. And the interaction's been fantastic, and I really do appreciate those that have been finding the show through the Facebook page. Now, folks, um, if you are interested in prepping, I would love to tell you about the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast that houses nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content content daily. The Contra Radio podcast uh, releases 15 to 20 shows a week, depending on current events, and there are no issues that are off limits. If you want a breakdown of current events, we got it. If you want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency, you know what? We've got that too. You want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Strangely enough, we have that as well. You want to hear about politics? You want more Bible studies? You want to hear more about sports, camping, firearms, and more? The Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades. How do you find them? Well, the Contra Radio Network is available on all of your major podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, you can find it at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. I also want to tell you about the Three Pillars podcast. Uh, the Three Pillars podcast is a podcast that my good friend and brother in Christ, Chase Tobin, puts out on a weekly basis, usually every Friday morning. And uh, the Three Pillars podcast focuses on personal growth, utilizing the three pillars of fitness. That's spiritual, mental, and physical. Folks, if you haven't listened in to the Three Pillars podcast, I really recommend that you do that. Um, the episodes are nowhere near as long as ours. Uh, really good content, uh, and you can find him on all of your major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods. And you can also find him on YouTube and on Rumble as well. So that's every Friday morning for the Three Pillars podcast. Also, I want to tell you about the Busy Believers podcast. Uh, if you want a really good down-to-earth uh, Bible study, uh, I would suggest to check out the Busy Believer podcast put out by another good friend and a sister in Christ, Monica Hansen. Uh, she drops out a new episode every week, and uh, usually on a, on a Wednesday, and uh, really helpful, really good information. You should definitely check them out. Available on all of your major podcasting platforms as well. Now, folks, don't forget to head over to our website and sign up for the Programming Announcements subscription. You could do that by clicking on the little boxes on our homepage, filling out that web form, and getting on the list. And all the, uh, the email list is for is that when we're running late or if we have a cancellation or any changes to our programming schedule whatsoever, we're going to send out emails to let everybody know. And uh, we're not going to sell your information. It doesn't cost you anything to sign up for the list. And uh, we're not going to spam you. So those are three great options for you. So why don't you check us out on the programming announcement subscription and get on the mailing list. And then finally, don't forget uh, the Sword Swag section of our website. And, well, what do you find on the Sword Swag section? Well, you find T-shirts like the one I'm wearing right now, the Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirt, for a contribution of $35. 
or you can get yourself uh, one of these great Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs for a $25 contribution. And our beverage of choice tonight is a Starbucks uh, sweet cream vanilla iced coffee. Good stuff. So uh, you can get all of that on the Sword Swag page of our website. Uh, your contributions um, can be made by clicking on the info button and let us know what sizes and how many of each item you're looking for, and then we'll send you back the link to where you can make your contribution. All right. Well, that'll just about bring us to our first break of the evening. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Hello and welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast. My name is Chase Tobin, a.k.a. Tobinator the Motivator, and I'm happy to have you here with me. This podcast is focused on a holistic approach to growth using the three pillars of fitness. Those are spiritual, mental, and physical fitness. Using these three pillars, we will build a foundation which we can all grow to be better uh, human beings on our walk with each other and our walk with the Lord. So without further ado, welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
Amen, and welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, we're coming up on the uh, prayer list section of our show today. And uh, as always, we always pray for the folks that are in need of salvation, uh, first and foremost. And we do that because salvation is the single most important decision you will ever make in your entire life. And the reason why it's so important is because it has eternal consequences. It has eternal consequences. Because what you decide to do with the Lord Jesus Christ will determine whether or not you spend eternity in heaven or you spend eternity burning in a lake of fire where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, a place that is ever increasing in darkness. It's a place that is ever retreating from the light, the love, the grace, and the mercy of God. So it's not a place that you want to go to, folks. It's not a place that you want to spend any amount of time. And once you're there, there is no way out. There's no way out. I know there's a lot of doctrines out there that say that, you know, after a certain undetermined period of time, if uh, enough prayers and enough money has been spent on on cards and uh, purchasing indulgences and so on and so forth, uh, that uh, you might get out. Uh, no, it, it, no. That is completely and utterly unscriptural. You cannot find it anywhere in the Word of God. But yet there are denominations out there that teach it. It's a, it's, it's a, hellish, denom- it's a hellish doctrine to teach. It's a hellish uh, 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 piece of theology. It's, it's, it's just it's, it's terrible is condemned more souls to an eternal hell than you can possibly imagine. But again, folks, hell is not a place that you want to go to. It's not a place where there's going to be parties and, and uh, uh, you know, all the booze and, uh, and everything else you can possibly imagine, all the debauchery you can possibly imagine. It's nothing like that at all. And it's a place, again, that you can decide for yourself right here, right now, that you don't want to go to and that you're not going to go to. All you need to do is... Put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Now, on our prayer list for, uh, for salvation, we're praying for my mom, Diane. We're praying for Cindy. We're praying for David. We're praying for all of the unsaved members of the Baldino family. Uh, Manuel has asked for prayers for his mom for salvation. Uh, Sharon uh, is we're praying for for salvation. And we're also praying for... Adam's father. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, so much for the gift of salvation that you have wrought for us in the, in, through the precious blood of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, we just want to ask you tonight that you would show mercy, Lord, that you would uh, impart unto those on our prayer list tonight in need of salvation, that measure of grace that they need for the faith that they need to accept that gift 
Lord, it's a precious gift. It's a free gift. It's one that we cannot earn. Father, we just pray that you would work in them, that you would draw them to yourself, Lord, and that they would be saved. Lord, that you would raise up folks around them that could give them the gospel message. Lord, if they're listening to this broadcast, Lord, that uh, you would use us in a great and mighty way in their lives to see them come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, their Savior. And Father, we'll thank you and we'll praise you and we will bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's see. All right, we're going down to our uh, sick list. We had a a couple of additions uh, to the sick list uh, in the last couple of weeks. So uh, we are praying tonight for uh, Pastor Martin uh, over in uh, Ohio. Uh, We're praying for him tonight for his health, overall health. We're praying for his poor vision. Uh, We're praying that the Lord will continue to give him strength uh, as he is... uh, is, he's he's uh, is aging, and he's 89 years old and spent 50 years in the pastoral ministry, and he still goes out and street preaches, still reads his Bible 10 chapters a day, uh, still has a heart to serve the Lord, so we want to continue to pray for him. We're also praying for uh, Mario Martinez, who is back in the hospital again. Uh, the Martinez family is also uh, on our prayer list uh, as they're grieving the loss of, uh, of Jasmine, uh, who passed away uh, two weeks ago. And uh, so we're still praying for them as well. Uh, we're praying for my mom, who's up in a rehab center up in New York City. We're praying for my sister, Laura, who is experiencing some, uh, some pretty hard back pain. We're praying for uh, our sister, Bernice, from our church, who has been struggling with cancer. We're praying for her mom, Laura, also with cancer. We're praying for uh, Janae, who has a heart condition that we've been praying for for some time. We're praying for Sharon Baldino, who has uh, been battling cancer, Martin Mata with lymphoma, Daniel Villarreal with leukemia, Alex Ortiz with difficulty with his breathing and issues with his brain. Uh, We're praying also for uh, Diego Ortiz, his son, who had surgery uh, a few weeks ago and is recovering from that. We're also praying for Hezekiah, a young man in our church who was had uh, some surgery, had a growth removed that we're very thankful that it was not cancerous, and now we're praying that the Lord would bring healing. We're praying for Juan in San Antonio with an aggressive and an advanced form of cancer. We're praying for Larissa with hernia pain, and we're also praying for Patricia Alvarado, who is having kidney problems as a result of cancer. So, Heavenly Father, we want to pray for those that are on our sick list tonight. Lord, we just lift up each and every one of them to you. Father, we pray for, uh, for all of those that, have been, that are struggling and, and battling with cancer. Lord, we pray that you would bring healing. Lord, we pray for those that, uh, who have the, the uh, aches and pains of life. Lord, we just lift them up to you. We ask you, Lord, touch them and bring healing there as well. Lord, uh, we just want to thank you that you are the great physician. We, Lord, we want to thank you for, uh, for the blessings that you pour out upon us each and every day. Lord, we ask you to touch each one on this list tonight and bring healing. Lord, bring a measure of grace and a measure of mercy. And Lord, we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, and uh, going down our prayer list here, we are again praying for the Martinez family as they uh, mourn the loss of Jasmine. We're praying for uh, Jude, uh, my brother-in-law, a contractor up in New York, uh, for his business. We're praying for a good brother in Christ, Federico Salinas, and his family. Uh, we're praying for him, that the Lord would continue to touch him and bless him as he leads his family and in his walk with the Lord. 
We pray for our brother Aldo uh, with his business up here at Pro HVAC in Eagle Pass. Uh, we pray that the Lord would, would continue to bless him and uh, prosper him in his business and bless the work of his hands. We pray for uh, Alex for uh, his employment situation. We pray for Isabella and Jessica for their walk with the Lord. We're praying for uh, Liz for a, a financial matter that she is working to get resolved. And we pray that the Lord will allow that to uh, work favorably in her behalf. We're also praying for, uh, um, for uh, uh, Eduardo, uh, as requested by his sister, Larissa. And then we also have our unspoken prayer requests. Uh, the unspoken prayer requests are those prayers that are just a little bit uh, personal, that maybe all of the details don't necessarily need to be known by everybody, just the Lord. And uh, or these are just prayer requests. Maybe you don't have the right words to describe the need that you have. Uh, either way, the Lord knows exactly what the need is, and uh, he is more than able and more than capable of answering those prayers. So tonight on, on our unspoken prayer list, we're praying for Eduardo Rodriguez. We're praying for Larissa, Ronnie, we're praying for Hector, Manuel. We're praying for Angela. We're praying for Anna, and we're praying for myself for an unspoken prayer request. Heavenly Father, we just lift up those on our general prayer list to you tonight. Lord, we think of the Martinez family in particular as they are uh, continuing to, um, to suffer and mourn the loss of Jasmine. Father, we just pray for them. We pray that you would just bring comfort. Lord, we pray that you would touch them. Lord, that you would just, uh, just uh, Lord, wrap your arms around them tonight and Lord, just uh, just be a blessing to them in any way that you possibly can. Father, we also pray for uh, Isabella and Jessica for their walk with the Lord. We, Lord, we pray for uh, my brother-in-law Jude and his business up in New York City. We pray for Brother Salinas and uh, as he leads his family and his walk with you. Lord, we just pray that you would bless him. We pray for uh, Brother Aldo as he as and his business at Pro HVAC. Lord, we pray you continue to bless him with uh, prosperity. Lord, we pray that you would just uh, bless the work of his hands and hedge about him and his family. We pray for Alex for, uh, for his uh, employment situation. Uh, we pray for uh, Liz and her financial matter. Lord, we lift that up to you. We ask you to help to bring it to a resolution. And, of course, Lord, we pray for, uh, for Eduardo uh, as requested by his sister, Larissa. Lord, we just pray that uh, you would answer all of those prayers. Father God, and we just commit them to you. Lord, we also pray on our unspoken prayer list. Lord, we pray for those, uh, those particular needs that you know so much about. Lord, we pray for Eduardo Rodriguez. We pray for Anna. We pray for Larissa, Ronnie, Hector, Manuel. And Lord, we lift up Angela and, and myself for my unspoken need. Lord, we just ask you to answer those prayers according to your perfect will for us and for our lives. And Father, we commit this to you, and we ask you just to... Uh, just to uh, just bring comfort where comfort is needed. Lord, bring grace where grace is needed. And Lord, we also ask you to, to, uh, to uh, draw those that are in need of salvation to yourself. And we'll thank you for it. And Lord, for our study tonight in the Word of God, we pray that you would bless the, the reading, the preaching, and the teaching of your Holy Word. And we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks, if you have any prayer request whatsoever, you can email them to me directly at info at sword of the spirit podcast.com. Uh, or if you have a, excuse me, if you have an active Spreaker account, you could uh, log into the uh, 
into the chat room that we have set up for the show, and you can drop your prayer requests in there as well. Or uh, you could always go out to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and you could fill out that web form and send it to us that way. Uh, no matter how you go about it, folks, uh, it is really important uh, that you send over your prayer requests so that we can pray right along with you. All right. What we're going to do now is we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to give you. Uh, we're going to be getting into today's uh, message on um, God's tactics. God's tactics can be unusual at times. And uh, why don't you take a run, go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a bottle of water, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Busy Believer, where we bring the Bible study to you when life has got you on the run. This podcast releases every single Wednesday with 20 to 30 minute episodes featuring clear-cut, straight talk in the Word of God and actual takeaways from every session. You can expect me, your host, Monica Hansen, on every episode. And you can find this podcast on any podcast app on the planet, such as Apple, Spotify, Amazon, just to name a few. And if you'd like to subscribe to me, you could do so by going to Link tree forward slash Warriors of God 70. I'm glad 
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. And uh, I know earlier when we were going through the opening of the show, I mentioned there was going to be an announcement uh, regarding the Sunday sermon broadcast. And um, I figured I'd do it now at this point. Uh, So, ladies and gentlemen, folks, friends, this is episode number 100 of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And I think that it is absolutely amazing and, and it's such a tremendous blessing to have reached this milestone after a year of doing these shows and podcasts. It's, it's a tremendous, tremendous thing that the Lord has done with this. Um, I've told you in the past that this is the fourth incarnation of the Sword of the Spirit podcast under different names at different times but basically the same format, and uh, it never took off, never went anywhere, never did much, uh, barely made it past 10 shows in each of the other attempts. But now here we are at episode number 100 of the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and that's a, that just blows my mind away that uh, we have reached this milestone when we did. And uh, I just am so thankful to the Lord for uh, allowing me to do this and for uh, bringing all of you uh, into my life in the way that he has as we open up and share and study his precious book. Now, uh, going forward from this point, uh, what, what I'm going to do is for the next two Sundays, we're, gonna, we're not going to have a Sermon Sunday broadcast. We're going to take the next two Sundays off. And then we'll come back uh, after that with uh, new new uh, episodes of the show, and uh, uh, it'll be a real real blessing and a much needed rest. To be honest with you, uh, we're still going to do the Thursday night Bible study. Uh, we're not going to take a break from that. We're going to keep on going, but uh, we are going to take a little break from the uh, sermon Sunday broadcast. So uh, this will be the last one for the next two weeks. So. Uh, 
Uh, just don't forget to still tune in, though, for the Thursday night Bible study. All right, episode number 100 of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Would you take your Bible and open up to the book of Mark and chapter number 8? Mark 8, in your Word of God. Mark chapter 8. And uh, while you're turning there, uh, pretty much the, the, the reason for the Sermon Sunday is, is that, uh, you know, I've, I've really become painfully aware of the fact that most people really just don't know a great deal about the Bible. And, um, you know, when I say a great deal about the Bible, I'm not talking about, you know, the heavy-duty doctrines, the stuff that we're talking about on Thursday nights. You know, I'm talking about just the stories, you know, and, and the simplicity of the stories. So on Sundays, that's what we try to do, and we try to familiarize people with the Bible. You know, this is a Bible-believing ministry. And, um, you know, as a Bible-believing ministry, it's critical absolutely critical that we know something about the Bible. And you know something? The truth of the matter is, the more that you know, the better off you're going to be. So that's what I emphasize here. You know, uh, um, you know it, it's the Bible. It's the Bible. And rarely, rarely will we ever get off the subject. You know, I, I may deviate slightly off the Bible, but, you know, even then, you know, I don't feel the liberty to do that unless... We have, you know, Bible authority or at least a Bible basis for it. Um, uh, So pretty much we just preach the Bible. We just preach the Bible. And, uh, you know, God has chosen to bless his word, endorse his word, and uh, it's his word that we should have our greatest interest in. Amen? Amen. All right. Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. Hopefully that gave you enough time to get there. Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had, when he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked if he saw aught. And, and he looked up, and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to any in the town. Let's pray. Father, as we once again consider your word and the significance of it today, I pray that it'll find a permanent residence in every one of our hearts minds and and hearts. Lord, may this book be something that you use as a special instrument of discernment today. We think of so many people who who just don't have the advantage at this moment to being so close to the Word of God, and we want to thank you for this wonderful privilege that is ours. May its examination serve us well. Lord, I pray that it might um, motivate us and uh, might examine, and as we examine it, uh, it'll examine us, and it'll thrill us, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so uh, another interesting story here. And uh, I guess that, you know, the, the title for the message is appropriate. Uh, God's tactics can be very unusual. And uh, we find some unusual things taking place in our story here today. Now, the first thing that I see is that Jesus 
led the blind man out of town. Now, the man is blind, and clearly what he has to do is put his trust and confidence in Jesus because, you know, Jesus is the one that's leading him. The man can't see. He doesn't know if he's going to lead him off a precipice of a cliff or if he's going to go down into a deep gorge or, or a hole or, or uh, off the edge of the water. He has no idea where he's going to lead him. He has to put his faith and his confidence in Jesus Christ. And that was absolutely required before the light could come on. Now, eventually, of course, the man received his sight. Now, in, in other words, you know, the light came on. But that had to be preceded by a simple act of faith. Now, um, so it is in the life of the unsaved individual. They have to put a confidence and a faith in Jesus Christ. And when they're willing to put their complete, unfettered faith in him, then the light begins to come on. That is so critical, absolutely critical for us to understand. The man had to leave his friends. He had to leave his comfort zone. You know, even blind people have an area of familiarity. Even blind people love to have a zone of familiarity, and they do. And they figure out where things are, right? And, uh, and they adjust. They adjust accordingly, to, and, 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 they, and they learn how to navigate through that arena of what they're familiar with. This man had to leave all of that. You know, a lot of people have a real struggle leaving what's familiar to them and just putting their confidence in Jesus Christ. You know, that, that, that's a real contest for their soul and for their mind. You know, am I really going to trust him or am I going to keep hanging on to the familiarity of my old religion, even though it's in the dark? You know, there's a certain comfort associated with it, even though they cannot see any light. They, uh, you, know, you know, it's familiar. You know, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's often been said that, um, that people resist change. And one of the first things that the Lord wants to introduce you to is change. And the change is trust me, follow me, put your confidence in me. You know, many would not believe if they could not see. Now, this man is... I would say, of an unusual character. He was willing to follow Jesus Christ when he led him out of town, even though he couldn't see. But the majority would be to the contrary. The majority would say, well, if I can't see, I won't believe. And so it is as people approach the truth of the gospel and the word of God today. If I cannot see, I will not believe. And yet they don't recognize and, and they fail to understand that um, in reality they believe in things on a daily basis that they can't see. You know, you cannot see electricity. You only see the manifestation of it. You know, nobody can see it running through the wires, but it's there, quite obviously. You know, you just flip the switch and boom, the lights come on, right? You know, the hairdryer does what it does, you know? Now, I'm just trying to think of the two most critical things here, you know. So, so, so people, um, you know, oftentimes you have conversation with folks. Well, if I can't see it, I won't believe it. That's nonsense. That's absolutely ludicrous. 
They do believe in things they cannot see. But they see the manifestation of it. Now, the universe is a manifestation of a God I cannot see. Psalm 19.1 declares that. There are so many things that are around us that declare the almighty hand of God. This man was willing to leave his comfort zone, and he was willing to leave his friends. He was willing to leave his family and follow Jesus. He knew not where Jesus was taking him. Just, you know, let's, let's take a trip out of town. Now, I mean, that's no big deal if you can see. But it's a pretty big deal if you can't see. Well, you know, Jesus seems to specialize in leading blind people. For, for he is not only the light, but he is the way. So he specializes in leading blind people. Now, um, you know, when someone is without Christ, spiritually speaking, the Bible declares them to be blind. They cannot see. They cannot perceive what it is that's in front of them. They cannot discern between light and darkness. And so what you need is a specialist. Now, you know, we have folks that are blind, and, and, and you see them from time to time on the streets of America, and they have acquired a specialist. It's a four-legged specialist, and it's usually a Labrador or a German Shepherd. And, you know, so what they've done is acquire a specialist, a dog, to lead them wherever they need to go. And that dog is trained. He knows. He tells them to stop here at the stop sign. Uh, you know, stop where there's traffic. Stop where there's danger. You know, stop where there's imminent peril. Uh, some dogs are so specialized now that they even have uh, they even have them trained so that when a person is in jeopardy of, of uh, something like a cardiac arrest or or if they're going into diabetic shock. Uh, or something like that, you know, the dog can determine the difficulty and then sound off an alarm. I mean, the next thing you know, you're going to hear about dogs that can actually dial 911. You know what they are? They're specialists. They're specialists trained to take care of people that are facing some kind of imminent peril in life. Jesus Christ, folks, is a specialist. Now, you need to figure out what he can do for you. He can bring you out of the darkness into the light. Now, you might say, I don't think I'm in the dark. I don't think my perception is so cloudy. You know, how many times have you said, seriously, think about it. How many times have you said, I just don't know what to do? How many times have you said, I'm just so confused? How many times have you said, I just don't understand? Do you know what all those statements are suggesting? All of those statements are suggesting that you're in the dark, that you need some light, you need some revelation, you need some clarity on the subject. Jesus is a specialist. Well, Jesus frequently departs from the unexpected. Now, I want you to notice in verse 22, and besought him to touch him. So they brought this man unto Jesus, and they said, would you just touch him? Because that, in their estimation, was the usual protocol. 
I mean, that's normally what Jesus did. He would just touch someone. Or maybe, you know, he just made an announcement and they were instantly healed. And so, you know, these people, they just expected the usual, you know, business as usual. Would you just touch him? And Jesus departed from the, from the expected. You know, we often attempt in our, in our mind's eye, because, because we're so human and we're so finite, uh, you know, to put God into some kind of a test tube. And if God isn't functioning exactly the way that we perceive that, you know, historically um, it's suggested that he should function, then we're not sure if it's even of God. All right, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. God, in the minds of many, can only send revival the Jonathan Edwards way. All right, now, who was Jonathan Edwards? Well, Jonathan Edwards was a great preacher of uh, pre-Revolutionary War days in America. And I say great preacher. I mean, he was a great preacher in the sense that he, he delivered a message that became internationally famous. And that message was called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Now, I suppose that in you know, today's theater of thinking, Jonathan Edwards wouldn't be that great of a preacher. Because, you know, what I've read about him um, historically is rather dull. You know, he wasn't particularly dramatic in his presentation, although his words were very well chosen. He was very articulate. But Jonathan Edwards uh, and, and a group of people prayed, and they prayed for a revival to break out in New England. And he stood in his pulpit on Sunday morning and preached that message, sinners, in the hands of an angry God, and God got involved. Imagine that. God showed up. Not Jonathan Edwards. God showed up. And men, full-grown men, were trembling so much at the delivery of the message and what God smote their heart with that it said that they were literally clutching the pillars of the church house in fear of what God may do on their behalf if they did not repent and turn to Christ. And God used that to initiate a great revival in New England. It was the first of four revivals that had swept historically across America, uh, and it was the Jonathan Edwards revival. Now, obviously, Jonathan Edwards was just the messenger. That's all he was. You know, God was delivering the message. The preacher was the messenger. But so, you know, in, in many people's minds, I, it's not revival unless grown men are clutching the chair and crying out and weeping and wailing to God. And if that isn't happening, you know, we say, well, you know, I guess God isn't involved. You know, unless there's a great deal of jubilation and noise, unless there's people swinging from the rafters or, or you know, running around the building or shouting and yelling or they're, or they're falling on their face and tears are being shed or, and the altars are lined six deep. You see, has God demonstrated himself in that kind of fashion? Has God revealed himself? And has that been the result on occasion? Yes, it has. Yes, it has. But is God capable of departing from the expected? 
Well, I want to show you an example. Take your Bible and go to 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19. They besought Jesus to touch him. Why? Because that was the usual procedure. He didn't do it this time. He did something else. He led the man out of town. Now in 1 Kings chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 11. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Wow. Imagine that. Imagine that. You know, we, we have just been conditioned traditionally and historically to believe that if the Lord's going to show up, it'll be in a mighty wind like he did on the day of Pentecost, or, or a great earthquake like he did at Calvary, or in the days of Uzziah. All right, let's read on. Uh, verse 12. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So the Lord wasn't in the fire, wasn't in the earthquake, wasn't in the great wind. And, and it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering end of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Now, what did the voice of God finally show up in? A still, small voice. Every preacher, every preacher worth his salt would love, absolutely love to see the altars filled with people weeping before the Lord. Why? Because we all like the great wind. Every preacher likes the great earthquake or the great fire, you know, me included. But you, can, you cannot discount the still, small voice of God. You cannot discount that perhaps God is just dealing very specifically with one or two or five or, or even ten individuals listening here today or whenever you're listening directly, personally, specifically, in the still, small voice of God. Only God can show his will by open doors. And that's another misconception that people have, that only God can show his will by open doors. You know, we want to put God in this, in this patented test tube. I'm waiting for God to show me his will by an open door. Well, knucklehead, what if God never opens the door? I mean, did it ever occur to you that more than once the prophets and the apostles kicked the door down? They just kicked it down and off they went. So the Lord doesn't always perform according to our expectations. 
All right, let's go back to our story in Mark chapter 8, and let's see what else is going on here. All right, Mark chapter 8. I read um, that uh, verse 23. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes. Now, if you're having eye trouble, you perceive that you know, you're growing cataracts or some other malady. And you go over to that laser cataract institute and you say, man, I need some help, doc. And then they, they usher you into one of the offices, and the doctor looks you over. You know, he inspects you. He shines a little light in your eye, and he says, all right, I want you to stand really still. And, and the first thought that would run through your mind is what? It's to call your lawyer. Amen. You'd say, boy, I am going to take them for everything they've got. I'm going to soak them good. Now, we know that Jesus is known among many other names as the great physician. I mean, wouldn't you call this a rather unusual medical procedure? I mean, this is not the ordinary medical tactic. You'd have to agree with that, certainly. And, uh, you know, what's it always considered to be? You know, when somebody spits on you, Historically, in any society, anywhere, it's considered to be the greatest of insults, isn't it? So, no matter how you slice it, you know, Jesus is insulting the man. I mean, clearly, Jesus didn't have to spit on the guy to heal him. Because, you know, he's healed countless others without spitting on them. But on this particular occasion... You know, to be quite honest, I had to really ponder that for a while. I had to think about that. Because in the previous chapter, there's a story about a deaf man. And Jesus used the same tactic with the deaf man. He was, a, he was deaf and mute, and he, he spit on his tongue. Lovely. All right? And that's Mark chapter 7. Lovely. You know, he spit on him. So it occurred to me. What is being said here? Because Jesus, the Bible said, went about doing good. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound like a good thing. But clearly, the Word of God is not inconsistent with itself. In this particular incident, it must have been a good thing, for the only conclusion that I could draw is that Jesus is demonstrating a higher principle than, than the obvious. And this happens frequently in everything that Jesus does. Nothing is done indiscriminately. Nothing is done just purely by coincidence. Nothing is done by, by you know, for entertainment purposes. Jesus never performed a miracle purely to entertain the troops. And if you recall, on one, on one occasion, they desperately tried to get him to do so, and he refused to do it. He refused it. You know, if Jesus is spitting on someone, a clear moral and spiritual principle must be presented. Well, what in the world is it? Well, as we've already suggested, spitting on someone's an insult. It's an insult. Now, take your Bible and go to Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. I mean, is it possible that Jesus is into, is into insults? You know, how many of you ever went through that thing back in high school, you know, who can give the greatest insult? Do you remember that? 
you know, the big man on campus. You know, did, I, did anybody ever do that? I don't know. Maybe New Yorkers are more rude than most. I don't know. You know, rude and crude, right? Well, I remember on another occasion, Jesus referred to a Syrophoenician woman as a dog. And I'd call that an insult. And she responded positively. And then he, res- and then he responded positively. On this particular occasion, he's spitting on the guy. Imagine that. Now, over here in Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12, and uh, look at verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses... Now, let me give you a little background uh, before we go any further. Now, Miriam has been instrumental in helping lead a rebellion against the leadership of her own brother, Moses, in this chapter. And uh, because of her infidelity to that leadership, God strikes her with a dreaded disease of leprosy. That's what this whole chapter is all about. Now, verse 14, there she is, leprous. And Aaron, the brother of the two, you know, Moses and Miriam, he intercedes on her behalf. And he says to Moses, he goes, oh, man, can, 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 you, can you beseech the Lord that this thing is not a permanent dilemma? I know, I know she's a big foul-up, but, hey, you know, she's our sister. Come on, man. She's going to be excommunicated from society in this camp forever with this dreaded, awful disease of leprosy. Now, of course, leprosy in your Bible is always a picture of sin. Now, here's the Lord's response to Moses' interceding prayer. Verse 14, And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. All right, so what are we observing here? Well, the idea of the thing is this. The Lord is referring to a custom of that day and a custom of rejection was spitting in someone's face. And he, he said simply, if her father had spit in her face, it would have been an instrument of designation of rejection. So in other words, he's saying in effect that probably what should have happened to her is her father probably should have spit in her face. You know, it's no different than when we look at some children and say, do you know what they need? They need a swift kick in the, you know. It's like that. <laughs> That's what the Lord is saying. He's saying if her father had spit in her face. All right, but get a load of this now. Get a load of this. The rejection is temporary. It's only seven days. Then the discipline is lifted. It's forgotten about, and she's brought back into the camp. All right, now, I'm going to tie this in for you. Okay, I'm going to tie this all up for you. Jesus is spitting on a man's face. But what, what did they do to Jesus? When he was in Pilate's judgment hall, when he was in Caiaphas' judgment hall, they spit on him. Did they not? And the spit was demonstrative of their rejection of him. They rejected him. Now, Jesus spit on this man, not as an act of rejection, not as an act of intolerance, not, of, not as an act of uh, a bigoted prejudice, but as an act of identification. 
Jesus is saying, in effect, one day they're going to spit on me, and right now I'm going to spit on you, and that's going to tie the two of us together. You're going to be identified with me, and don't worry about it. Because you receive me and receive what I have to offer you, you're going to receive rejection yourself. You know, and I remember over in John chapter 9, you know, there was another blind man who Jesus healed. And he was so excited about his healing that he was leaping and he was jumping and he ran back into the temple and he showed everybody. And as a result of his being healed of his blindness and cured, they rejected him. Are you with me? They rejected him. Jesus is saying, I'm going to make a point of identification between you and I. I'm going to spit on you, and they're going to reject you too. But don't worry. Don't worry. It's only temporary. It's only temporary, just like it was in the case of Miriam. Folks, the more you identify with Jesus Christ in this life, the more you laud him, the more you appreciate him, the more you brag on Jesus Christ, the more the world is going to reject you. But don't worry about it. It's only temporary. It's only short-lived. Don't worry about it. You're not going to be here forever. It's just temporary. Jesus is identifying with this man. We can consider that we can consider that identification frequently as an insult. So do you, do, you, do you see how confused we get? God calls you unrighteous and evil and wicked, and you think it's an insult. Just stand there and take it. It's for your benefit. It's for your benefit. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We're going to take our last break of the evening here right now, and when we come back, we'll continue on with our study of God's tactics. God's tactics. And we'll be back right after this. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Don't go away.
It is not fame that I desire, nor stature in my brother's eyes. I pray it's said about my life that I live more to build your name than mine. For the Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. Uh, before we go on to the next point in the message here, I just want to head over to the book of Job really quickly, Job 42. Uh, so take your Bible, head on over to Job chapter 42. Now, folks, if you are on Spreaker and you want to jump on into our chat room, please feel free to do so. We, love, we would love to see some, some folks hanging out in there. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or cares, concerns, uh, if you think I'm crazy, just uh, let us know. We can drop a little note into the uh, chat group. And uh, don't forget also to uh, head on over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Good Pods to leave those five-star reviews for us. We would appreciate that, especially if you feel like we deserve it. We don't want you to be dishonest. Uh, if you don't have a uh, Good Pods account, you should definitely get yourself one. And when you do, uh, follow the shows, the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and also follow me at the SOTS podcast. Something else I don't ever really mention is that you know the show does have a Twitter account, and you can get onto the Twitter account with us. And it's the same thing. You can find me at the SOTS podcast. All right, Job chapter 42 and verse number 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Now, before I go any further with it, uh, we're going to read about four more verses. But again, a word of explanation here is appropriate, and here it is. Uh, If you backed up and you read chapters 41, 40, 39, 38, you'd see for four chapters, for four chapters, do you know what the Lord is doing? He is just leveling one insult after another at Job. He's telling Job, you know, how dumb he is, how stupid he is, and how little he knows. I mean, he's just sending a barrage, an absolute barrage of insults at Job. And, you know, Job is a righteous man, one who feared God and eschewed evil. So uh, what's Job's final response? Verse 3. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. So after four chapters of information that God divulged to Job, Job finally comes to the conclusion, boy, man, I don't know anything. I am dumber than a rock. I don't know a thing. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. All right, what's the result? Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. So after four chapters of insults, Job finally comes to the conclusion, and the appropriate and the correct conclusion is what he said. He says, I am not going to brag about me. If the Lord wants to spit on me, help yourself, Lord. Spit some more. Just heap it on me. For I abhor myself with sackcloth and ashes. I'm about as worthless as as I can get. Now, 
honestly, folks, today, that just doesn't fly in the face of this modern-day psychology of, you know, love yourself, improve yourself, be kind to yourself, you're okay, I'm okay, and all that other trash that's out there. And it is trash. It is trash. Do you know what you need to do? You need to decide that you're not worth anything but Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is worth everything. And then you just hitch your wagon to his horse. You do that and you'll be fine. Hook it up with him. I might not be worth anything, but he is worth everything. And he is on my side. So, so you know, so we sometimes consider an insult uh, or what we perceive to be an insult, uh, something that's offensive. You know, uh, it's clear why Americans are not more responsive to the gospel than they are. It couldn't be any more clear to me anyway. You know, we've been so programmed over the last 50 years or so, you know, to, 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 to think so well of ourselves that when the Bible comes along and says that there is none righteous, no, not one, there's none that doeth good, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of thy righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Well, then, you know, we just resist that message because we perceive the Bible to be an insulting book. And so as Americans, we stiffen our necks and we bow our backs and we, we turn around and we go the other way. When in fact, what God is trying to do is to take us out of the darkness and put us into the light. That's all he's trying to do, to help us see clearly. And you know what? The story gets even more fascinating. It's even more fascinating. Let's go back over to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. You know, I'm so worried about my children's self-image. Let me tell you how to fix it. Let me tell you how to fix it. Now, I, now you're expecting sarcasm, I know. <laughs> right now you are. And, and you know what? I'm not even going to give it to you. I'm not even going to give it. I'm being serious. I'm going to tell you how to fix it. This is how you fix it. Teach them how grand and how wonderful Jesus Christ is. Teach them that. And that'll take care of their self-image. That'll fix it. That'll fix it. You just brag on him for a little while. You'd be amazed what that might do. All right, now here's the man. All right, he's, he spit on his eyes, verse 23, and put his hands upon him. He asked him if he saw aught. So do you see anything yet? And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Now, I find that rather fascinating because, you know, sometimes unusual revelations come while you're still in the fog. Obviously, this guy isn't instantly healed. He's, he's in a transitional kind of thing. Now, how does that, and now, how does he know what a tree looks like? He's blind. Well, I'm sure he's sat next to trees. You know, maybe he's wrapped his arm around trees. You know, he, he's probably felt trees and, and leaves and limbs and so on, but he didn't know what one looked like. And so what clearly is going on is that God is giving this man a, 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 an incredible revelation that isn't available to anyone except those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. So you say, what's the revelation? Well, he says that he sees men as trees walking. Now, you know, the Bible says, now we see through a glass darkly. You know, there's an application. There is an application. Do you know what it is? Even as this man is in a transitional fog, you know, you and I are in a transitional fog. 
Now we see through a glass darkly. That Bible says, I hath not seen nor ear heard the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. Now trees. You know, let's talk about trees momentarily. All right. The man said he sees men as trees walking about. Now, it was the Lord that gave him that revelation. You know, God could have just, you know, snapped his finger and boom, boom, you know, 2020 vision. But he's kind of foggy. He's kind of fuzzy. He says, well, the best thing I can do is it's like a tree and yet it's like a man. I, I can't figure it out. It's a tree, but it's a man. Did you know that in your Bible, and, and, and here's the revelation, in your Bible, trees are compared to men. In your Bible, the palm tree is a picture of the righteous. The green bay tree is a picture of the wicked. The fig tree is a picture of Israel. And the giant cedar tree is a picture of the devil. No wonder so many people are interested in preserving old-growth trees. Let's preserve the devil. In your Bible, trees are a picture of people. And it gets even more fascinating than that. Than that. You know, we're, we're going to get the hamster running a little bit here. This man put his faith in Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden, God is showing him stuff that the religious leaders down at the temple didn't even know. The Pharisees didn't even have a clue about it. God is showing him some fascinating stuff. Trees. Trees. They're like men. You know, trees keep popping up in the Bible. You know, there's a tree of life, and there's a tree of forbidden fruit in the garden. Amen? Then you get over to Revelation 22, and there's another tree of life. And the, live, and the, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations in the millennium. You get all kinds of stuff about trees. You know, even science knows there's something unusual about trees. You know, they say, don't destroy the old growth because they possibly have all kinds of remedies. And you know what? I, I have a tendency to believe that. I have a tendency to believe that there's something to that. Now, you know, if I were a scientist, I'm not, by the way. I'm not. This is an addendum, okay? This is free. I'm not charging any extra for this. But if I were a scientist... I'm not. But if I were, I would study things the Bible endorses. And the first area I start with is trees. I would start with trees. You know, I read a book by a guy that, that started doing research way back in 1930 or, or somewhere in the 1930s. And uh, in the 1930s, he started touring the South Pacific Islands, you know, Polynesia, Micronesia, Hawaii, and, and, and all that part of the South Pacific. And the first thing that really grabbed his attention was that the Polynesian people, uh, uh, that they had a traditional diet. The Polynesian people had a traditional diet. And back in those days, uh, a, lot, a lot of them still did. You know, uh, they were incredibly healthy incredibly healthy and enjoyed great longevity. And they seemed to be exempt from a great many of the diseases that swept across Europe and, and the Americas and Africa and other parts of the world. So, you know, so he scratched his head and he asked the question, why? You know, what's the common denominator between, you know, all these different Polynesian ethnic groups? 
And he began to study the thing. And the conclusion that he finally came to was, even though they ate a variety of different food groups, the one thing they all had in common was they all ate coconuts. So he began to research coconuts. I know some of you think this is a joke. It's not a joke. All right. So he began to research coconuts. And he discovered that coconut oil has great residual remedies associated with it. He further demonstrated that coconut oil helps people with arthritis and high blood pressure and a whole long list of things. Coconut oil. He found out that heart disease in that part of the world at that time was virtually unknown, unheard of. And I got to thinking about that when I read that book. And I said, wait a second. Wait a second. There's a palm coconut. Coconuts come from a palm tree. The Bible says the palm tree is a picture of the righteous. And then the Bible puts a great endorsement on dates. And did you know that there's a date palm? Did you ever stop to think about that? You know, we go down to the health food store and we say, you know, what have you got? Well, I've got echinacea. Well, is echinacea good or bad? I don't know. I'm not for it or against it. But I can't find it in the Bible. Do you know what I would start with? I'd start with stuff that's in the Bible that God endorses, that God put his stamp of approval on. I see men as trees. Now, when you stop and think about it, in your Bible, you have good trees and bad trees. You have hard trees and soft trees. You have trees that are considered junk and worthless, and you have trees that are considered highly valuable. Is that not so? I mean, you know, there are burly maple trees that are worth five to $10,000. You know, walnut trees, whoa, you know, give me one of those. And on and on it goes. Men are like trees. Well, there is much to be learned from that, much. This man, because he was willing by faith to follow Jesus Christ out of town and put his trust in him, was getting revelation denied centuries of scholars. You put your trust in him, he might show you some stuff. He might show you some stuff. The next thing I observed is this, verse 25. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. Well, now he sees really, really well. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to any in the town. Now, I find that kind of interesting. He took him out of Bethsaida and told him not to go back and not to tell anybody from that town. Well, why? What's the problem? Why does he take the guy out of town and say, okay, now don't go back there and don't tell anybody? Well, clearly it's kind of hard to hide the fact that you're not blind anymore, you know? And who would want to, right? Who would want to continue to stumble around or, or, or follow the guide dog or carry the white cane? Who would want to? Clearly, if you could see, it would be a wonderful and glorious thing. Well, you know what? Look with me over in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, and we'll get the answer to that question. Luke chapter 10. And uh, verse 13. Luke 10, verse 13. 
Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. So do you know what the Lord is doing here? Bethsaida had essentially rejected the works of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because they had repeatedly, in that town, rejected his works and his message, Jesus found one blind man and led him out of town. And when he got him out of town, he healed him and told him not to go back to that town. So in other words, you only get so many chances. You only get so many opportunities. Folks, there are people listening to this podcast who are flitting away opportunities, just flitting them away. You only get so many chances. Jesus said, you know, you're not going back to that town. On another occasion, to his, to his apostles, you know, when he sent them forth, he said, you go to a town and they reject you, you go out, you take off your shoes, your sandals, and you shake the dust off your feet, and you go on to the next one. You only get so many opportunities. You say, well, how many do I get? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I know that the Lord is long-suffering. I know that. I know that on my behalf of myself. I know I didn't get saved the first time I heard the gospel, nor the second time, or the third time, or the fourth or the fifth. It took me a long time to get to the position of Job. You know, I abhor myself, and I repent in sackcloth and ashes. It took a while. I finally got there. I said, Lord, you're right, and I'm wrong. I'm glad. I am glad he was still extending grace and mercy on my behalf. I'm glad for that. But do you know what? Do you know what? There are people that are killed in car crashes every day in America that have heard the gospel and have turned their back on it. There are people dying in hospitals all across this land that have heard the gospel and they said, not now, Lord, later, another time. There are people that have um, procrastinated away their opportunity to receive Jesus Christ. He led the man out of town and said, don't go back. No more witness. No more testimony. No more opportunity. That's it. That's it. Don't flit away your opportunity. You may not have another one. You know, I hate to tell you, but you're not nearly as immortal as you think you are. Not nearly. And you know something? It may all come to a crashing conclusion before the clock strikes midnight. Boom. It may be over. Jesus has harsh words for this town. Why? Well, if you study the whole scenario, not only in the text we just read, but everything about it, it was a town that rejected him and his message and his works. And God help any individual that does that. There's so much to be learned from this tiny little story in the Bible. Now, if you're listening today without the Savior, 
I implore you. I implore you. I plead with you. I beg you. Do not turn your back on him. Do not say no to the Savior again. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the preaching and the teaching of your holy word. Father, we thank you for this wonderful, wonderful, simple little story, but yet so profound in so many ways. Father, we pray tonight for all of those under the sound of my voice that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Lord, I beg you tonight, please, draw them to yourself. Save them tonight. Now, if you're listening and you want to settle that issue right here, right now, I implore you to do it. I plead with you to do it. I beg you to do it. Please, don't turn your back on him. Please, don't say no. Please, don't go to hell. You can settle it right now. All you need to do is tell the Lord, Lord, I am a dirty, rotten sinner. I am on my way to hell. I don't want to go to hell. And I ask you right now, Lord, to please wash me with your precious blood. Lord Jesus, save me. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that your blood is sufficient to pay for my sin, past, present, and future. I accept the gift of eternal life. And I ask you to save me tonight. In your precious name I pray, amen. Folks, that's all you need to do. That's all that needs to be done. And you can do that right now where you're sitting. And if you do, ask the Lord to save you. And you do get saved tonight. Would you please, please let me know. I would love to be able to send you a Bible, a beautiful King James study Bible that you could use so that you can learn and you can get grounded in the Word of God. It will be a privilege and an honor for me to do that. So you can do that by heading over to our website, com. Use the contact form, or you can email me directly at info at com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this time we spent in your precious book. Lord, we ask you tonight again, Lord, to save anyone tonight that under the sound of my voice that does not have Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Father, I pray that you would move heaven and earth. Lord, I pray that you would move any mountain, any obstacle out of the way. Father God, I just pray that you would make it irresistible to them to come to Jesus Christ, that they would recognize their need for salvation. And Father, we thank you for it, and we bless you. And Lord, we thank you again, and bring us back together again on Thursday night as we continue our study with the book of Revelation. It's in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, folks, that'll just about do it for episode number 100 of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Thank you so much for being part of it, and thank you so much for tuning in to our show tonight, even though we got the late start. 
Don't forget to head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us over a message. If you can help us out with a one-time contribution, we would appreciate that. Or you can do a monthly recurring contribution. Folks, win the lost, no matter the cost. God bless you, and take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.